And now, coming to you from the shadow of America's mountain, Rocky Mountain Revival Radio presents Waymaker Ministries. Welcome to Waymaker Ministries. I'm your host, Ethan. With me today is my always amazing co-host, Lily Phillips. Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Ethan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, mm-hmm. before we get into today's show, I have... Wow. I just want to get a few <laughs> housekeeping items out of the way. Check out the show's website, waymaker.rmrr.life, for all the latest information and updates about the show. There's a Contact Us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, or to be a guest, or you can recommend a guest on the show. If you need prayer, there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first way to do that is the prayer request form on the website, and we would love to stand in prayer for you and with you. The second way you can do that is write us at prayer at waymaker.rmrr. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. Um, We can also be found on all your favorite podcast sites. You can also find a listing you can also find a listing of those on the Waymaker website under the show's archive link. Follow us on Facebook for additional content and information. Uh, I got lost. (laughs) Oh, uh, if you if you like the show, if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us there are links to do so on the website the so the sh- wow the show description below and for those watching on your screen um they will be down below on the screen all right we have another amazing show for you today and today's title is, episode title is alexis's testimony if you like the sh- if you like today's show, we encourage you to share it with your friends, families, coworkers, etc. Because sharing is caring. And before we jump into today's topic, we have some commercials, don't we, Lily? Yes, we do. Okay. Um, but before we get into our usual commercials, um, we so this is kind of our own commercial because this neat little shirt and this neat little mm-hmm. cup is a part of our new. Um, it's not fully out yet, but it is part of our new store so you can buy some merch when the store is fully out and we have all the merchandise ready um and so you can buy yourself um a waymaker or an rmrr if you've been watching the rmrr and you can see michael wearing the rmrr shirt and my dad will probably be holding his rmrr cup (laughs) so you can go find though uh you can go buy those when they're ready and so but if you're wondering why i'm wearing a waymaker shirt that is why yeah um so now let's get into the actual commercials RMRR and Waymaker Ministries have now partnered up with my good friend Kenzie over at With Love Custom Crafts. With Love Custom Crafts is a Christian-owned small business whose products are primarily focused towards women. The company tagline reads, creating custom quality items at affordable prices, all made with love. Check out withlovecustomcrafts.com. And right now, Kenzie is doing many, many products for Mother's Day. So make sure to check out With Love Custom Crafts for any and all Mother's Day gift ideas you're not going to regret it with lovecustomcrafts.com and tell kenzie he said hey rmrr and waymaker ministries is now partnered with bite tag bite tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market it allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pet the the tag has a gps tracking Activated by the person who finds your dog or the tag that you're given, which is why it's called by tag, is scanned. There is no monthly or annual service or subscription fees. Yay! 
<laughs> and by tag puts your privacy first. By tag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. As an additional wow, as an added bonus, when you use discount code RMRR15, you get a 15% discount off of the purchase price. And really quickly, before we go into our next commercial, I would just like to thank Destiny Music for providing the music for our shows. So thank you, Destiny. Would you like to do the next commercial, Miss Lily? Actually, I do not have the script Ooh. in front of me, so I think I'll just let you tackle the commercials. The script is on my phone, and that's why I'm having to record from today because my computer died. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. It's okay. It has a charger. I just don't have access to it right now. Uh, hold on. Oh. I need to... Man, you left me blind because I don't... Well, so the next commercial is Redemption Squad Ministries. <laughs> um, Redemption Squad Ministries, we... I don't... I'm not sure if it's known when the next outreach will be. Yeah, there's not a next outreach date set yet. Yeah. But, um, you know, whenever we do do an outreach... We meet at uh, Central Campus of Radiant Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Actually, I can do this commercial without a script talk. <laughs> I we, mean, uh, me at, you, you can. Yeah. yeah. And uh, usually on Friday nights when we do have an outreach planned, we meet at Central Campus at 6 o'clock to pack up boxes full of things like grocery items and some toiletries, just basic things that people really need. And then Saturday mornings, usually gathering at 10, we go out into the streets and into some poor neighborhoods to just help our neighbor and show love to them. So yeah, uh, check out the Redemption Squad, Zach and Melissa Sheehan. Yeah, um, and so the next commercial is Valentine Comfort Shoes. It is a veteran-owned business by Radiant Church's own Sean and Amy Blake. Um, they are amazing, and they are amazing believers, and they are just incredible people. Um, and I and I do love them with all my heart. They are my like they are family to me. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're just amazing. And so um, stop by, and if you need shoes, like if you have any pain in your legs, or or you you got a prescription that you need to, your doctor says, oh hey, you need new shoes. Stop by them, and they will they they will find the best pick for you um, to fit your needs. Um, or if you don't need some shoes and you just want to stop by for some prayer or you need some, go stop by and, and, and ask because they'll, they'll gladly pray with you. Okay, so I think we have some Bible verses, don't we, Miss Lily? Yes, we do. So you guys know with um, recording a testimony, there's a lot of prayer in their session that goes into these episodes, especially because of verses like Revelation 12, verse 11. And that's been a verse that's been on me and Ethan's hearts both. And it says, They overcame him, him being Satan, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life, even to death. And there's another scripture I have especially been meditating on and really it's just beautiful to think of in the light of testimonies it says um, in John 13 7 Jesus answered and said to him what I do you do not understand now but you shall understand hereafter and you know looking back in my own life and I know Alexis would say this too looking back in her own life she may not have understood why she went through all those things and I don't I didn't understand why I went through the things I went through but I can see the beauty and all these things and how God has used all 
all to redeem and all will be used to glorify him. So yeah, ready to start the show, Ethan? <laughs> um, so please help us introduce our very close friend, Alexis. And we're here with Alexis, so we're excited to get into the show with y'all. Alexis, want to take us away? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm very hyper. <laughs> okay. So I guess where we should start is kind of like the backstory that I grew up in. Mm. So when I was born, I was born into a house where both of my parents were alcoholics and. I grew up with two of my folder brothers, and when I was born, they were both atheists, and they were like your typical high school teenager, you know, like drinking and breaking the law and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And when I was born, the only reason my parents started me in church was because they wanted to give me my best chance, and they felt like growing up in this broken house, my best chance would be at a church. And so my whole entire life, I went like since birth I went to Woodman Valley Chapel and while we were there like life was just kind of like rocky in the beginning and I know that because of the situation I was born in we have two high school boys we have two alcoholic parents so there was screaming all the time and yeah. I feel like that's where my anger issues really began to start and so as may a I little ask, were your parents Christians or was church more of like a social measure my parents had both given to their their lives to Christ beforehand but when my dad was in the military, he kind of walked away from the church. And because of my mom's former relationship with her ex-husband, she also had a lot of like hurt in her. So it was very easy for them to just walk away from the church. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I know that when I was born, as a kid, one thing that doctors couldn't explain is I had these horrible nightmares. I would have dreams of people killing my parents, people kidnapping me. I would have dreams of like being stranded in the middle of the ocean, being left in these huge places with no one there except all these people I didn't know. And because of it, I went several nights, like every single week without any sleep at all because I was always just so scared that every time I closed my eyes, I would get thrust back into these dreams. And then... So, rewinding, or fast-forwarding, English. <laughs> so, fast-forwarding down the road, um, when I was five years old, my dad and I were at this park that's, like, a block away from my house, and you know how little kids, like, they just, like, speak their minds, mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah, as a little kid, I know that I was standing in the park, and I was walking my dog with my dad, and I... Like, this name just popped into my head. And then, like, I felt, like, a prompting to just shout the name out. And it was a name I had never heard. I had never met this person. But I just shouted Shelby. And then from across the park, this blonde-haired girl came, like, bolting at me. And I know 
when she looked at me, I'm just kind of saying, well, like, what, so what did I do? God told you the name Shelby. And your instinct is to just scream it out as loud as you can. Shelby! Shelby! Like, and you don't even well, understand why, right? Yeah, I just felt this voice prompting, like, shout it, shout it, shout it. And I didn't know why. But I just shouted yeah. it. And then she came from across the park. And she looks at me and she says, why were you calling me? Of course, five-year-old <laughs> me is just totally baffled. Like, what just happened? That's yeah, a person I so who and, did Shelby um, become to you? Well, throughout the years, her and I are actually still friends now. It's been mm -hmm. almost 11 years. And she has transformed me so much. Because I know in elementary school, she had some learning disabilities. And so she was very young-spirited. And as mm. she was very young-spirited, she got made fun of a lot. And yeah. because by association, I was her best friend, the only one who really talked to her. Pretty much everybody else hated me as well and made fun of me as well. And so her and I were always bullied by the school. And I knew that as simple as it was to just leave her behind, I knew that I wanted to stick by her side because there was just something about this girl. She just brought something to life in me that I couldn't explain. And mm -hmm. I know that growing up in elementary school, her, her and my dog Shadow were my only best friends because my parents were alcoholics. My brothers were in high school and Shelby was like the only person who was my rock in a sense. Because mm -hmm. growing up in church, I had given my life to Christ, but I didn't know quite what that commitment had meant. Yeah. And I know that in elementary school, there was actually a time where my brothers, Caleb and Jesse, they eventually got kicked out of the house because of their rebellious streaks, because they weren't upholding jobs. And because of that, that put a lot of stress on my parents. But when mm. those two were kicked out, my dad actually got convicted by the Holy Spirit. And when I was six years old, my dad decided, because of the Holy Spirit, he decided to quit drinking because he wanted to give his family a best chance. Wow. And the Holy Spirit so told him that. How did you see that change your whole family? Because I'll tell you guys, it's very significant when especially a husband and the leader of a household makes strives towards repentance. Yeah. Because yeah. God made them the head of that household for a reason. And, mm -hmm. you know, like there's these uh, statistics that are very odd, but they're so profound. Like if the husband or the father of the house makes the initiative go to church or to repent, then there's a 90% chance that the rest of the family will follow. But only like 8% if it's the mother or the wife and like 2% if it's a child. So it's really significant if a father and a husband makes that, not that it's not if a woman or a child does it, but it's very transformative when a husband and a father makes that effort. So how do you see that manifesting in your life, Alexis? Like how did that really change your home dynamics when you did that? Well, I know that at that point, my parents... They had been fighting a lot before that because my dad actually, he had two jobs and he would come home in the grumpiest moods, drinking alcohol. And after the Holy Spirit convicted him, 
he gave up one of his jobs and he decided to give up alcohol to give his family the best chance. And he tried to convince my mom saying like, hey, I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. You should join. You should join. Like we should set this family free of alcohol. But my mom held back. And this actually becomes fairly important further in my testimony. But it did change a lot because instead of it being as toxic as it was, it was at least a little bit more toxic or a little bit mm -hmm. less toxic. Yeah. I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But so because of that, my family began to have at least a little bit of more life in it. And then I know that when I was in fifth grade, um, after so many years of being bullied and only having Shelby and Shadow as my friends, I met this girl named Gwen. And she lived, at the time, she lived right behind me. And at first, we were kind of slow to our friendship. But then her and I became like best friends and we were always hanging out together and at that point in my life was when satan really tried to attack me because so now at that, you were in fifth grade yeah is that what you said yeah yeah so now at this point in my life satan started to attacking me to be attacking me a lot more because it was almost like i was starting to get the hold of who i was but satan tried to rip that for me or from me because he put these people in my life which were tiffany and mila and those two they were both girls but both of them had like crushes on me and at the time i didn't know what it meant to have a crush on oh. somebody what it meant to be dating somebody and so without even realizing it it was like i was just thrust into these relationships with these two different girls mm. and i know that by that time in high school or middle school oh, my english is failing me don't worry um, about it yeah but mila she actually ended up like dumping me which because i was so young i didn't really get affected by it and then i know that tiffany and i just kind of lost touch over the years but at this mm. point, it was almost like it felt like my school knew that I was LGBTQ because Mila started to spread rumors around my school saying, oh, yeah, she's my ex. Her and I were dating. I dumped her because she was this and she was that. And because of that, I was still yeah. bullied where it felt like everywhere I went. It was just... Now, may I interject one thing? Often <laughs> you hear people talk about... Um, how the college years are the craziest or maybe when you become a teenager that's when things really go downhill and that's where um you know you start partying and drinking and getting involved with real people but i noticed with you it was in fifth grade now this is something that i tell to mothers to be cautious of like don't grieve your child's teenage years and think and worry that that's when all kinds of wickedness is gonna manifest but just protect them when they're very young because each is six to 12 is when Saiyan tries to sow the most seeds because when you're a little kid when you're like 6 to 12 you're curious and you don't fully understand these things like what you said about the LGBTQ community like you don't really understand what you're getting into and you're innocent and you're curious and maybe you ask one of your parents what does this mean and they just say you'll find out when you're older but they don't realize that if they withhold that information and give you such a big and really disinterested answer you're going to find out the hard way now most likely so yeah i'm sorry that that happened to you but i see already psalms 116 verse 6 written all over your life and it says the lord protects those of childlike faith i was facing death and he saved me 
And I just noticed that with your testimony about Shelby, where you just had the faith to just scream out this random little girl's name and you didn't know her and you didn't know that name. And I see it in looking back in retrospective of your testimony and now seeing the girl in front of me right now. God's always been protecting you, even you when you were facing death and when you were walking into the valley of the shadow of death. So please continue. But I just had to interject yeah. those two points. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was actually really mean. Lily. Mm. And so because in middle school, because Mila being my quote unquote ex, even though I didn't fully understand what that meant either, I was always being bullied because she was she had become a popular kid. And so now she was known by not just sixth graders, but also seventh graders and eighth graders. So it was like everywhere I went, I was made fun of. And then I know that about the beginning of my sixth grade year, I met this girl named Dacia. And when I first met her, because of because I met her through my friend Gwen. And Gwen and I had been super close. And at this time in sixth grade was when Gwen and I had really become friends. But Dacia saw me more or less as a threat to her friendship with Gwen. And because of that, she shunned me and she tried to steal Gwen from me. She would say all these lies about me behind my back. And while in front of my face, she acted like my best friend. Gwen would tell me these things that Dossie had been telling her that like I had done this or I had done that that I had just ditched her one day for no reason I had stolen something from her for no reason and I didn't know why she was doing this to me because all I wanted was a good friend and it felt like instead of having a good friend I was being shunned not just from her life but also from another one of my best friend's lives and that made it kind of hard going into middle school because it's this whole new world and it's like everywhere I'm still being shunned. Wow. And then in sixth grade, I'll never forget it. It was four days before Christmas. My dog, Shadow, who had been my best friend, she had been there for me since I was born. She died. And every one of my friends who knew me before and after Shadow died will tell you that I have not been the same since she died. Because on that day, instead of being my extroverted self that I'd always been, I closed off from the world and I put up walls. I felt even more alone. And within this, after Shadow died, my tormenting nightmares that I had had as a kid, the night terrors that left me sleepless for nights, they went away. But they were replaced with something which was even more demonic in a way, which was these panic attacks but you know mm -hmm. they weren't your normal panic attacks they would get so bad where i would fall on the ground and i couldn't breathe i would be hyperventilating and screaming at the top of my lungs i'd be crying uncontrollably and it was almost like i was having a seizure but it wasn't a seizure and i just oh. couldn't control my body and i didn't know what was going on but i was just so scared of everybody yeah. and my anxiety went from you're this extroverted person to i don't want to be a part of this world like these people are so mean they're so horrible and i just closed myself off yeah and then at that point shadow's death didn't just affect me but it also affected my dad because he started, instead of facing his problems, he started almost running away. Whenever he got angry, he went on a walk, he went to work. Instead of being with his family, he was always just reading and pretty much ignoring us in a sense. And at that point, because my mom was 
an alcoholic at this point after Shadow died, she became even more of an alcoholic because Shadow took off some of that stress. But in this time, my mom began to drink heavier and heavier and heavier. And the family that I was raised in, instead of just being verbally abusive, it became physical as well. And I remember nights where she would cuss me out of the house she would drag me around by my hair. She would throw remotes and glasses at me. And at this point was when I really needed friends the most. But this was also the same exact time that my friend Gwen moved away. And she didn't move too far because she still stayed in the Springs. But she moved really far away from my house. And because of it, it really affected me. And it only added to that isolate myself from the world. Wow. So you you see in your testimony how words of these people impacted you when you were young and how um, those two girls really cursed you and they had two faces. And it just reminds me of so many Proverbs about the power of our words. Um, like Proverbs 11.9 says, Evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. And Proverbs 15.4 says, Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And Proverbs 16.24, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And I just see your longing throughout your life to have that good friend you want, that Proverbs 18.24 friend, the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And um, I see your longing for that throughout your life and how God's fulfilled it now. It's yeah. just amazing to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, please continue. This is amazing. So then, as I said, things are getting bad at my family. And I'm feeling locked out of the world. Like, I just feel like I have no one there. And then my parents, because of my mom's alcoholic alcoholism yeah. and because of my dad's, like, the, he's always running away. He can never face the problem. My parents started to have really, really bad problems in their relationship. Because while the problems have always been there, it was like they started to get worse. And they started to have fights every single night. I remember my dad would stay nights at hotels because he just couldn't deal with my mom and he would only leave me at home with my mom for my mom to curse me and like just abuse me. And I know that I always asked why she did it. But looking back, I know that even though it's not okay, it did make me who I am. And so even though I suffered a lot of pain, it was very important that I went through this mm. because it gave me that resilience to where when people spoke mean words at me, I could brush them off instead of letting them reside in me. And so, then, so before you go on, Alexis, it's it, uh, it's 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 a really good thing because while while yes, like it was bad that you went through the stuff that you did, and I'm sorry that you went through that, but like it helped make you you. Um, and, and yeah. that's that's kind of the thing that like when we're in a when we're in this bad situation or when we when we hear these negative things, um, like we we 
as we get older and as we get out of that situation and as things get better for us, we start to, we start to get better and we start to, cause like when they first come, you're like, yeah, that may be true. And then like when people add on to it, it, it gets worse. Right. And so, but mm-hmm. for you, you went as like you got older and things got better for you, you got better. And, and we can see that today because you're this amazing, this amazing person and you're this amazing, just this amazing believer and and you're like your testimony is just so amazing and and thank you for being on the show so yeah yeah i know one thing that i get asked by a lot of people is if i could change anything about my past what would i change and i say i would change nothing because even though i went through a lot of trial and trouble as we all have that trial that trouble that storm is what led me to who i am today yeah and if even the smallest detail was changed and god let you i could be a drastically different person Mm. and i know that after all of this pain that i've been confronting me finally it was like i had this break because at the beginning of my seventh grade year, I met this guy named Riker. And he didn't know anything about my household. He could just tell that I was this introvert who had my walls up. And every day when I would come to school, I'd come down with my head low. I would be on the verge of tears. And it was like he could just sense that I was in that really bad place. And he did nothing to talk about it. But instead, he lifted my spirits by just making me laugh. He would say the stupidest things and it would get me to laugh. (laughs) We had all these little competitions that had no meaning whatsoever, but they always got me to laugh. And he Mm -hmm. became a very important part of my life. And I learned to really care for him. And then, so my life was starting to get better because even though I had trouble at home, even though I had trouble talking to people, it was like I just had this little bit of light in my life that made me feel like I could keep going. And I was just so happy because at the time I was still a Christian and I was praying to God like, God, this is so amazing. You've changed my life so much. Thank you. But then Satan could see, hey, she's getting better. I need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And then midway through my seventh grade year, a year after my dog died, Riker ended up moving to California and I didn't have his email or his phone number and I haven't spoken to him since and that was another thing that really hit me because it was like I finally found something that lifted my spirits and that was just being ripped away from my life and because of that I became like my social anxiety only became worse I kept on isolating myself not talking to anyone and the panic attacks kept on happening and because of this it led me into a downward spiral And at this point in time is when my depression started. And then right as um, right before COVID started, ever since I was like four years old, I had known this girl named Cadence. And she she was another one of those people where I wasn't expecting her to be such a major part in my life. But because of this downward spiral, she kind of took me in a way. 
and she was also LGBTQ. And I remember one day I was standing there with her and I was talking to her and she asked me if I was gay and I said yes and she said prove it. And that was when I started dating Cadence. And in this life, at this point in my life, I started to get addicted to a lot of things. Like I started to get addicted to porn and masturbation to numb the pain. And I started drinking alcohol because it wasn't that rare for alcohol for me considering my mom was an alcoholic my girlfriend cadence her parents were both drinking so it was very easy for me to get a hold of alcohol and so in seventh grade i started drinking alcohol i started finding my identity in dating girls and next thing i know it's in march of 2020 and hey covid's a thing you're no longer allowed outside of your house and Mm -hmm. everything was shut down and i know i've been talking to some people and they said that COVID just made their family so much closer. But in this time of COVID, it only made my home at life worse. Because instead of at least being able to have that ability to separate, you know, me going to school, my dad going to work, my mom going to work, we were kind of forced to live in the same four walls and not have a break from each other. And because of that, a lot of fighting broke out and my anger issues went from like here to through the roof. I started to drink more alcohol. I started to masturbate more and get more and more addicted to porn. And then my eighth grade year starts. And at this point, they've allowed us to start going outside of our house, but we're always wearing masks. And as school started, I got introduced to this LGBTQ community because I was still dating Cadence at this time and she lived in Castle Rock but at school I met these girls and they ended up dating and there was another girl who was pan and they were kind of my adopted friends they were the two that I they were the three that I became like best friends with and within this I felt like I could finally come out about myself to them and I told them that I was a lesbian that I had had a girlfriend of about a year and because of these friendships, it was very easily to drag me under and I was being abused at home. My anger issues became really bad. I started cussing all the time. I got like, I was still addicted to porn and masturbation. And I started listening to secular music and I found my identity and all these different things and then one day I was with my friend Cadence and she said you know you grow up in this Christian household do you even really believe in that stuff anymore I'm sitting there thinking I honestly don't know and she said well think about it if God was real why would he be putting you through all this crap you know you're now here you know addicted to porn and masturbation you got a girlfriend your mom's an alcoholic your parents on the brink of divorce like why would God Mm. put you into this situation Wow. Again, the word curses. Wow. It just yeah. reminds me of Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So when someone curses you like that and just condemns you with so much doubt, you have to break agreement with that and just push away the fruit. And the reason why we're meant to guard the tongue is because it's not always other people eating our fruit. But the people who eat the most fruit of your, let me phrase this right, 
The one who eats the most fruit of your tongue is yourself more than anyone. Yeah. So, wow. Oh, goodness. You speak life, though, now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so really quickly, before you continue, I want to go back to the one of the points that you talked about earlier. So, you were talking about your friend Riker and, like, how he left and then Satan was like, oh, hey, you're, like, you're having some fun. So, and then he leaves. So, I, I wanted to t- talk about that really quickly on, on like, how when, when we're... <sighs> So when we're put into this situation and, and like we're going through these trials and we're going through these tribulations, Satan kind of like he he like makes our lives bad and like continues to make it worse. And then he's like, I'm going to leave you alone for a while because like you you're you're not you're you're good. I'm I'm OK with you. You're you're you know, you're you're on you're kind of like under my control. You're you're my little like puppet and I'm controlling your. Yeah, right. you're like not a threat to yeah, my. Kingdom. Yeah. So you're. Mm-hmm. Not a th- you're not a threat to me. I I I don't feel like you're a threat to me, and so like you're kind of like my little puppet, and I'm I'm like your I'm like the string master using the like the puppeteers who use the strings, and so like yeah. And then when things start to get better for you, he's like, she this person's getting better, so we're gonna try and do something to change that and take out that equate that that thing that's making the so like like t- t- turning the equation to work for him so he's basically changing the equation to work for him and so he's like we're just gonna remove that from the equation and we're gonna put it into this other equation and then we're gonna put some of my stuff in here so that we can make your life worse and then like like, so and he wants you to stay in this place of i'm not okay nothing will ever be okay and we're like just this word this bad place for us and then when when we start to feel better, he's like, I need to do something about that. And he comes at us and he keeps attacking. And then he's like, okay. Yeah. And then he leaves us alone. And then we start to get better. And he's like, I'm I'm going to come back. And he comes back. And then we get better. And then he comes back. And so it's yeah. kind of that it thing. It reminds me of like Matthew 3 when Christ is getting tempted. Yeah. And he de- defeated Satan. Yeah. And he said, uh, get behind me. Um, and Satan left him. But not for good until an opportune time is what that scripture says. Satan left him and stopped tempting him until an opportune time. So he tries to get us when we're weak and bash us with more weaknesses. It's so cruel. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, please continue yeah. with your story because it's about to turn around. <laughs> yes, it is. So at this point in my life, I was in all of these dark places. And because I was in such this dark place, because I was manipulated, I turned my back against the church. And that was when I decided, hey, you know what? Cadence has a point. This, this can't be real because if it was real, like something would have changed. And so as my ninth grade year started, I began to, like my depression began to worsen, worse and worse. And I began to have to start having suicidal thoughts. And it was like every night I would lay in my bed just wanting to kill myself. But the only thing keeping me alive at this point was Cadence because she was my girlfriend and I didn't want to leave her. She had been suicidal at this point and I just wanted to be there for her. And I know that because of it, I tried to get help for my depression and for these suicidal thoughts. And I went to my parents and I said, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. And 
I remember when I told my dad this, he looked at me and he said, no, you're not. You're too happy to be depressed. You're too happy to be suicidal. You know, mm. you, you you live a good life. You have a good parents. You don't have like, you know, you weren't hospitalized like I was as a child. You have a good life. You have it good. And because of this, he was putting it off. And I didn't feel comfortable residing in my mom because she was still an alcoholic at this point, still being physically and mentally and verbally abusive. And when that happened, I just felt extremely shunned. And yeah. I was still in that place of drinking alcohol, masturbating, going to porn. But then there was one day where Cadence, who I've been dating for two years, she just came to me and she said, you know what? I don't love you anymore. I love somebody else. Bye. And she wow. broke up with me. And I had... At this point, nobody believed that I was depressed or suicidal. I had gone for help, but it was everywhere I went. I was persecuted. And now the only thing that was keeping me alive, she was taken out of the equation. And I remember one night I was sitting on my floor and I remember holding a knife in my hand and I was just preparing myself because I was going to kill myself. And then as I was sitting there just accepting my fate and what I was going to do, I got a notification on my computer and I got curious because at this point it was like nobody had messaged me. So having somebody message me, especially with the fact that it was like midnight, I'm just sitting there thinking, who could that be? And so I opened it up and it was my friend and it was in my ninth grade year, my freshman year of high school. And I opened up the computer and it had been just past Christmas. It was like just had, school had just started again, second semester. And um, I read the message and I'd asked my friend, what was the best Christmas present you got? And he came back to me and he responded, probably the cross necklace my parents got me. And mm. I don't know wow. what it was about that message, but I slammed my computer shut. I threw the knife and I just went to bed. I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out. And ever since that day, I've been wearing this cross necklace. I'm not sure how well you're able yeah. to see it. But every single day since <laughs> I've been wearing this cross necklace because of that message that saved me. And then this song that I've been hearing since um, a little bit after COVID started was Help Is On The Way by Toby Mac. And mm -hmm. that song just gave me the slightest hope because even though I was in this place of I'm an atheist, I'm suicidal, I'm depressed that song gave me the slightest bit of hope that maybe there is something good that's going to come for me. Wow. And then this is when Shelby becomes really, really, really important in my testimony because her and I had been friends throughout all of this. And one day I was walking down the hallways with her and she said, hey, my church is having a winter camp. Want to come with? And of course, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to go to church. But, of course, her mom had already talked to my mom, and I had already been signed up for the church camp. Wow. And then when I went there, I went in there trying not to make any friends, just trying to ignore the messages yeah. and just saying it's only for a weekend and then I can go back to life as it was. But in this weekend, God came into my life he stepped into my life wow. and in this weekend I broke free of porn and alcohol and suicidal thoughts my anger issues died down so much and I rede rededicated my life to God Yay! oh so describe that moment like what got to you was it just like accumulation of the weekend as a whole or was there a specific message or worship song I have to ask I, that so I feel like what really hit me was 
I had gone in trying not to make friends, but on the first day, I found these two friends right away. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm sitting there thinking, don't get too attached to me because like, I'm going to be gone and you're not going to know where I am. And I was so reserved. And then Pastor Kelly was there. And if you've ever been to Radiant and you've ever heard Pastor Kelly, you know, she speaks fire. And just hearing that fire it lit the fire inside of me and it made me who I am yeah and then I know that one day like after that weekend I just started to come back to Radiant because I was sitting there thinking like why did you have me come to this church God because I just started speaking to God again and I said God why did you bring me to this church when you know I'm gonna have to go back to Woodman and then I know that I was talking to my friend Shelby and she meant it as a joke (laughs) But she said, well, I guess you're going to have to choose my church or yours. And she <laughs> meant it as a joke, but it was like I took it seriously. And yeah. through that, like, I thought my church or yours. And I thought about where I was when I was at Woodman and where I was now that I had come to Radiant. And, like, I knew that I was going to stay at Radiant. And one song that God had been putting into my heart was a song I had actually heard that winter camp which was called breakthrough by the belonging co talking about like this is where my heart will beat again and this is where i get set free this is where your love is calling me and because of that i felt like god's love was calling me to go to radiant and god had just changed me so much and it's been about like almost a year and a half now since i've come to radiant and i know that within this time god has just I've gone through so many trials and tribulations because even though I am a child of God, that still doesn't stop Satan from trying to make our lives miserable. So, Alexis, really quickly, I have a question for you. So, during this this time period when you're coming back to God, is this before or after the Woodman Park campus became a thing? Do you know? So, I was still at Woodman, but at Radiant... Yeah, during so I rededicated. Yeah, I rededicated my life at that church mm-hmm. camp, and after that, it was this slow transition between Woodman and Radiant. Because at first, I just started going to the youth group. Yeah, and then I started turn- attending Sunday service with my parents at Radiant, and then I got out of kids ministries at Woodman, and I started doing kids ministries at Radiant, and it was like this slow progression. Mm-hmm. But I knew at the same time when I came to Radiant. One thing is, I was talking to my mom and dad, and they said, well, I don't want to just jump right into Radiant, because, like, you can dive right in, dive right off the deep end, but that's not what I want. I want to, like, test the waters. Mm -hmm. And one thing that God spoke to me in this moment was, why test the waters when I found a love where I can dive right in and not be hurt? Mm -hmm. Wow. And within this, some of the trials and tribulations I've gone through is I found my identity for a while in dating and I just found myself still going through these seasons of depression and I know that with my second ex when I broke up with him I felt God telling me because he was a good guy but God told me this is not the relationship for you and when I broke up with him God just like set me free and I because this relationship had been like chains holding me back and when I cut those ties God just began to use me more and more and then I know that a month after that I got baptized wow yeah and then the spirit of anxiety those panic attacks I've been having because even still at radiant I've been having those panic attacks even with that spirit I remember one day I was sitting on my bedroom floor 
and I was just listening to Throne Room by Kim Walker Smith and I was laying on my back just like staring at my ceiling and the next thing I know is uncontrollably it was like I was thrust forward and I fell to my knees and then I started like clawing at my back and then I felt something like move in me and then it was like I went limp and I couldn't move at all and all I could do was just weep because I knew that at that moment God had removed that spirit of anxiety that had traumatized me for so many years that demon that had tried to keep me in bondage wow and god just mm. removed that so, spirit from me that was a and, generational thing people in your family have struggled with anxiety is that right yeah yeah my mom and dad both did yep and the trauma was also generational yeah so the reason why you felt something in your back and um you felt something in your bones is because there can be demons in your marrow and in your DNA. Like that can be a place where they lurk and hide themselves. Mm -hmm. But those generational curses was taken out of your DNA mm. and the blood of Christ replaced it. Mm. And that's just this fresh revelation that I received as you were speaking. Mm. Wow. That's good. What a blessing. That's good. And something that I really appreciate you saying previously is that the struggle didn't stop just when you became a Christian. Like not everything became perfect. Things changed and your mindset changed and your perspective, of course, because when you become a Christian and when you repent or metanoeo, you change your mind. Yeah. But here's the thing. There's still this present struggle in this current age. And like Paul says in Philippians 1.13, as a result, it has been made clear throughout the entire palace garden to everyone around me that I am in chains for Christ. Mm. And even the chains that we are presently in, something that's currently holding us back, it can be a testimony to those around us. And it's not about the attitude of having chains on us, but having chains for Christ. Yeah. And one last thing that I just have to share with you, something that I make sure to tell all those whom I'm discipling or whoever shares a testimony with me is sometimes the way Satan tempts you reveals the better things God has called us to. And Satan uses the exact mm. opposite of your namesake, your mm. identity, what you're called to, yeah. to tempt you. Yes. So like example. My name means passion and purity. God or Satan tempted me with depression, paralyzing emotions, and lust. That's the exact opposite of what mm. my name means. Now, for you, mm. you were in the midst of so many ungodly relationships, but I know that God has blessed you with a God-fearing, equally yoked, Christ-imitating mm -hmm. marriage because yeah. Satan tried to tempt you so hard with every kind of counterfeit love, whether it's division in family and seeing those around you in false relationships and drama and the deceit of tongue, dividing friendships, and even with homosexuality, that's just that just reveals to me that your calling is greatly the opposite. Like not just some mediocre marriage, not any lukewarm thing, and not just remaining single unto the Lord, but God has blessed you with such a great union, a union, and that's written over your life. And something that scares, it scares Sand so bad. Mm -hmm. And your future marriage already makes mm -hmm. him tremble. And also, he tempted you with anxiety. It's because you're meant to be a symbol of peace. He tempted you with nightmares. It's, supposed to, it's because he, God wants you to rest in his presence 
tempted you with lust yeah. is because you're meant to bear sincerity of love. Like it says in Romans 12, he tempted you with alcohol and substance abuse is because you've been called to sobriety of mind and not just you, but to encourage others to that. You were tempted to isolate yourself. You isolated yourself and we're like a sheep straying in the flock. It's because God's called you to be a shepherd. God has such a distinct and beautiful redemption for everything that sand tried to subject you to. Suicide? It's because you're supposed to bear life and life more abundantly. Simple as that. Mm. I know that when I saw you, is the first thing I noticed about you, the life in you. And I immediately was like, God, who is that? When are you going to have me be friends with her? Because, <laughs> come on, it's got to happen. And, <laughs> you know, I prayed for you for a couple of months before we even really met and got connected. Because that's how you stood out to me. I saw God's anointing over your life before I knew your testimony. And seeing your testimony... It's so beautiful because it's, it would be stunning if God gave you all these things. But what increases that even in my sight is the fact that it's not just him giving you these things, but he's turning beauty from ashes. He's taking the beauty out of these things and all that you've been through. Yeah. And he's taking something old and making it new. Not just a replacement, but a complete and utter transformation. So yeah, those are my thoughts when hearing your testimony. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Satan, he has tried to attack me a lot. I remember, you know, I found out that I was going to be going to Air Academy. And at first I was so scared because I was sitting there thinking, but all my best friends are at Liberty and you're taking me to Air Academy. They're two different high schools. And I was just so scared because I'm sitting there thinking, but everyone I've ever known, everyone I've ever been with is at Liberty and you're taking me to Air Academy. Like, why? And I was just so scared. But God has told me that in this, he's going to bless me because I know that some of the friends I'm friends with now, I'm called to be friends with them, but I'm also called to distance myself from them. Yeah. And I know that while going to this new school, it will limit my time seeing those friends. And I also have some Christian friends going to Air Academy. And I know that through that, God is definitely going to move in me because he's going to be surrounding me with a Christian family and he's going to be just taking away the old and turning it new. Yeah. It's, it, it, wow. It, like, so I'm just mind blown. Like I, I've probably cried at least three times so far hearing your testimony. Um, like it, it's just so powerful and like, um, and like, like you said, like Satan, Satan will attack, and 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 I think it gets worse as you become a Christian. It it gets worse because he's like, dang oh, yeah. it, he's like, dang it, that per like Alexis has become a Christian. Let's just use your name since you're the one who's having their <laughs> testimony be shared. Um, Alexis, <laughs> Alexis has come to uh, went to God. Dang it! Like it gets worse as you progress and as you grow into your calling and as you grow into this person, like this this follower of God and this follower and and you start to take the yeah. thing of like I'm a I'm a child of God and and you start to believe those things. Then Satan's like, let's let's see if we can like let's see if we can 
like turn the scale or if we can like adjust the adjust the equation a little bit so that it fits to what I need instead of what she needs so that we can get her back into this place of or, or we can get this person back into a place where they're 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 like why why like why and they're asking these questions and then they they start to they start to like grow further apart from God and then we'll start to add some more stuff onto there so that they'll the progression will grow more and they'll grow and then and then as they like as you start to go down the chain from like being a believer to going down and then he's like okay we'll leave you for a little bit and I'll be back in a little bit and then he'll go to someone else and he'll do the same thing again and and I think it's it's worse for Christians because he like he knows he's gonna lose he knows he's gonna lose because on like even on on God's yeah. worst day, he's still stronger than Satan. Yeah, like we already know, we already know God's gonna win, and and Satan knows he's already gonna lose. So, and yeah. he he, but he, his goal, all he wants to do is try and get as many souls as he can. He wants to get as many souls as he can away from God, and then that's why. He, when when someone comes to God, it, it get the attacks come and they get worse and they get worse and they get worse because they don't he he doesn't want people to come to God. He doesn't want people to be a Christian. He's like, oh, the, they're they're almost out of my reach, but I can still get them. And and yeah, and it gets less like it's less when you're when you're not a Christian because like he, he kind of sees you as like yeah. not a threat, and so the attacks are less, but. Yeah, so like I'm just yeah. I'm so speechless because like your testimony is is just so incredible. So you yeah. know, one thing that you mentioned that really hit me was you said that like Satan. See, they say that God has a plan; He knows the plans on our lives, which means mm-hmm. Satan might have even a slight vague idea of what it's yeah. going to look like, which is why he tries to tear you down. Because he knows what you'll become. And as Lily said, he tries to use the exact opposites to tear you down. Yeah. And And I know that. Not just to tear you down, but to make you feel unworthy of your calling. Because you've even struggled with the opposite. Like, I thought I was unworthy of marriage and love because I struggled so much with lust. But that's just saying, trying to make me think that. But anyways, you go on. (laughs) But in this, I know that on that winter camp like how winter camp just completely changed me like if it wasn't for that winter camp I wouldn't be where I was right now and I know that the day that I woke up for that winter camp I was sick like Mm -hmm. you know I was so sick people would have thought I had COVID like my nose was running like crazy and I just had like a really bad cold I could barely stand without feeling even slightly dizzy and my mom even asked me do you want to go like do you think it's best if you go? And I know I myself was even contemplating, like, should I go? I mean, I'm so sick and I don't want to get others sick. And I mean, I kind of didn't want to go in the first place. Yeah. But yes. then... So like that that that's an attack because Satan didn't want you to go because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that you were going to yeah. like start to grow a relationship with God and you're going to come back and you're going to hear the things that happened. And he was like, I don't want that to happen. I, I want to change the equation in my I want to change the equation in my in my to my advantage so that she she won't be able to go so that's why you got sick 
And that's why that's yeah. why I believe you got sick was because Satan was trying to keep you from going to this camp. But we see yeah. like we, we see the aftermath of that because here you are, you're an amazing person and you're and you're sharing this te- amazing testimony and, and yeah. Yeah, so like it's ironic how Satan's temptations employees only give us a stronger testimony. And you didn't yeah. realize it, but that was just intense spiritual warfare you were going through because our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers and mm-hmm. against the powers and forces and p- principalities of darkness. So, yeah. and Satan is having trouble getting to our soul and holding our soul back. Often he'll attack our body with infirmity because yeah. that's something that people may feel like they can't control. Like, oh, I'm sick. Well, I'm just going to sit here for three days. But you can pray your way through that. Yeah. God can give you yeah. the strength through that. And he already paid for your healing. So, like, he was trying to keep your soul from getting to that camp by attacking the vessel of your soul, by attacking your body. Yeah. And and yeah. like that that's the thing because like Satan knows he is already lost. Satan knows that because it's written. It's written that he's gonna lose. Satan knows yeah. he's gonna lose. But mm-hmm. Satan wants to try and get as many souls as he can because what else is he supposed to do? He already knows he's gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll like, give him one thing. He ain't really lazy. Yeah, when it he, comes to trying he, to make people he feel isn't he's lazy. Not lazy. But <laughs> and and I'm gonna like Lily, you what you said about that like Satan's attacks that that makes your testimony bigger, and it does mm-hmm. because those attacks it helps grow your testimony. It helps it kind of helps your testimony too because those attacks. Yeah. They, they help build upon your testimony and they help they help kind of like they even help strengthen you yeah that's what i was about to say they help they help strengthen you and they help kind of like they kind of help shape your you and they kind of help shape your testimony and so while yes it it sucks when we go through these trials and tribulations wow tribute tribulations <laughs> at least i'm not the only one failing at english today uh, it's but, okay. uh, but like i'll be your wings no, i was kidding i've messed up too tonight <laughs> when you when you go through these trials and these tribulations while, while yes it sucks it we all know it sucks when you go through these trials and tribulations but god god puts you in this for a reason there's always a reason he has a reason yeah. for putting you in this because he knows you he had a plan for your life even before you were born like it said that he knows how many hairs on your on your, is on your head. He know like he knows you. He knows how many heads are on. He- <laughs> I almost said how many heads are on your hair, and I was like, I'm sorry, that one was funny. <laughs> but I was like, that's not right. But anyway, so like he knows how many hairs are on your head. He like he knows you. He had a call. He has a plan and a calling for all of our lives. And, and Satan, he wants to attack that, and he wants to keep us from from going into our calling. And so, he, like, he'll be yeah. like, "Here, like, here's a little sprinkle of what I'm gonna give you." And so, like, those are when the trials and the tribulations happen. But they're always for a reason. We're all, God puts us in this situation. He puts us in these trials and tribulations for a reason. Because, because, yeah. he, well, He has a reason. He has a reason yeah. for putting us in these hard times and these struggles because they're like it will help us in the in the long run, and, and yeah. so like with with your testimony, there's there's a lot of while yes bad stuff, but it helps 
it helps make you you because without all this trials yeah. and this tribulations maybe you wouldn't be where you are today and, and like that's the thing of like the the question that you were asked in your testimony that like if you could go back what would you change you I feel like if you change something, if you if you could go back and change something, if you even tried to change something, that would change you because yeah. these trials and these because. tribulations that you're a part of helped make you you. Mm -hmm. And God's yeah. work is written so evidently all over your life. Mm -hmm. To change who you were is to change what you did with who you were and who you are today and who you've become. Yeah. So do you guys have any like final thoughts? before we just pray out well one final just thought so that sad. i have is one final thought that i have is a bible verse that's been with me my whole entire life yeah mm. and i memorized it in fifth grade and it's just been there and i'm sitting here now realizing just how important it is and it's like psalms 139 7 through 10 and it says where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go up to heavens you are there if i make my bed in the depths you are there if I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. And I know that with that Bible verse, I've been to the depths of the seas, I've been in the darkest places, but even there God's love chased after me, even there his right hand held me fast. And even today, I am held by God. Yeah, because like the thing is, like even if you don't know it, whenever you're in these trials and tribulations, and when you're whenever you feel you're alone, you're not because yeah. God's there. He's beside us all the time. When we cry, He's sitting beside us, collecting our tears. He's always there. He He's with us. He walks beside us. He 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 is with us and so whenever we're in these trials and tribulations even if we like we we feel like we're alone and like there's no condemnation for from any of for me that like if you if you feel like you're alone that's a bad thing like because that's something that our human brains think we're alone in this situation we we're by ourselves in this tra time and these trials and these tribulations but we're not because we have god on our side he's even if we don't let even if we don't believe in him or even if we or even if we don't feel like it he's there he's beside us and and, and that's the thing that i think a lot of us forget some of the times um is that like we forget that god's beside us and and, and some of the things so but yeah Lily, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm just thinking of that psalm. You referenced it. It says, record my misery, O Lord, and keep my tears on your scroll. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. That verse doesn't stop there. Like, God doesn't just record your misery for nothing. He records it so that he can redeem it for that exact purpose and that purpose only. He wants to redeem you. He wants to remember you. He wants to remember every detail of your life so that he can benefit and bring glory to himself through you. And that's what we're made for. He wants to fulfill yeah. us and fulfill our souls. So that's really my final thought. But yeah. Alexis, would you please do us the honor of closing us in prayer yes. and pray for the full made in the image of God identity to just be released on the listeners. That's why I'm hearing God wanting you to pray yeah. right now. Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for this time you have blessed us with. And Jesus, 
I just pray for those who are watching this and even those who aren't watching this, even those who don't know that this is even a thing, that you may just allow them to find their identity because we struggle with our identities. Every single one of us struggles with our identities, but in you, our identity is found. And I pray that you would find the lost, God, that you would send your workers into the field and that we would help bring people to you, God. And that it wouldn't be us bringing people to you, but it would be you working through us to bring them to you and to just live in your glory, God. And that you would show these people your identity for them and who they are called to be because we each have a calling. And even when our calling may seem insignificant, it is so important. Even when our identities don't make any sense they make perfect sense to you, God, because you created us perfectly for who we were made to be. And Jesus, I just thank you so much for giving us our identities in you, God. I thank you so much, God, for this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Mm. Wow. Well, Ethan, I know we can't close this show without doing an altar call prayer. Would you lead us in that? Yeah. We never want to end a show without giving you the opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you do not have a personal relationship with him, you can. It's not too late. And if today is the day that you want to get right with God, we're all going to pray with you this pr Wow pray this prayer with you so with heads bowed and eyes closed repeat after me say dear god dear god dear god i know that i've sinned i know, I know that, I've, that sinned, I've sinned but i believe but, I, but believe I believe that jesus died in my place that jesus, that jesus died, in, died my in my place and god and god and god you raised him from the dead you, you raised, raised him from, from the, dead. the dead so jesus so jesus i confess i confess that you are Lord. That you are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please be Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. Give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now, if you said that simple prayer, we believe that you were born again. We would love to share in this with you. You can write us at choice at waymaker.rmrr.live. And we would be, and we will be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you into the family, and to, and to keep you on track with your decision and co to combat the enemy. We would recommend that the next step after the, that is that you get yourself into a good Bible believing, Bible teaching, and Holy Spirit filled church. Thank you for joining us today, and as a reminder, if you like the show and the show's content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, family, loved ones, co-workers, etc. Because sharing is caring. And remember, check out waymaker.rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. Podcasts of the show are available on on all of your favorite podcast providers please check out the show archive page on the waymaker website for a listing of which podcast providers you can find us on follow us on facebook and the show's site for for all the latest updates and information and if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us there are links to do so on the website down below and down below in this show description and for those watching on your screen all donations go to hosting fees software equipment and wherever the holy spirit directs us to give and remember get yourself into a good bible believing bible teaching 
and Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. And again, we just want to thank Alexis for joining us today. So thank you very much. Of course. I was glad to be here. So thank you again for joining us today, guys, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Waymaker Ministries. Have a blessed day.